So Baruch Hashem, this week we already get into the month of Adar, and I figured it's a good time to uh, change up the Shurim and get into the Halachas of Inyani Diyayma, the Halachas of Purim, and uh, we'll see how far we go in the next couple weeks. Obviously, we'll save some for the following years. There's always more to learn. So, if you look in the Chai Adam at the at the last the last the last sif or the last kalal in in uh, in the Sefer Chai Adam is the Halachas of Purim, and one before is in Hilchas Hanukkah. It's called Kufnun Dalas. So the last piece he says, there's halachas of Abra Parshish, the four parshas that we read, Shkalim, Zachar, Para, and Parshas HaChaydesh. So he says, if you want to learn the halachas, look in Shachan Arachim and Tafkuf Behei, and that's it. And then he ends, and he doesn't give us the halachas of the Dalat Parshish. It reminds me of... There's a commentary on the Shulchan Aruch and Arachayim called the Shari Tshuva. The Shari Tshuva wrote a commentary on Shulchan Aruch. He quotes all the Tshuvas uh, in, in his generation, the previous generations, and it's a it's an amazing uh, commentary on the Shulchan Aruch. So even even the edition of the Mishabur brings that down as uh, as the commentary on the Shulchan Aruch. It brings down the Berhetiv and the Shari Tshuva. So when the Shari Tshuva gets to the Halachis of Kriya Satira, he writes, Oh, if you want to learn Halachis Kriya Satira, look in the Sefer Shari Ephraim, which is the, the authoritative Sefer on Kriya Satira. And that's it. He doesn't comment for the next few simanim. No comments from the Shari Tshuva. So it seems like the Shari Ephraim did a great job. No need for me to add. So it seems like the Chayadam is following those footsteps. However, the Chayadam in Klal Kufnun Hay does bring... The halachas of Parsha Zachar. So we'll get into some of those halachas because that's Nagea to Purim. But when it comes to Parsha Chodesh, Para, and Shkalim, it doesn't really get into it. So we'll leave that for, for the coming years as we try to conclude the halachas of the, uh, the Abra Parshas. So the beginning of of, uh, of this klal, the Chayavim gets quotes the Mishnah. The Mishnah Tainus tells us that the Mishnichnas Av Mematim Besimcha. When the month of Av comes in, we limit our Simcha. We know that's the start of the nine days. However, Mishnichnas Adar, when Adar comes in, we are Mabim Besimcha. We increase the Simcha. And in many schools, the children are start dancing already. When it comes to the when when already Rishchodesh Adar comes in, um, they put up signs in the classrooms, and everyone gets excited. Everyone's in the spirit of Purim. <coughs> The uh, the Gemara tells us that if someone has a din Torah with a nachri, they should not schedule it for chodesh av. They should schedule it for chodesh adar, because mishnechnas adar marb b'simcha, and there's a special mazel for Yisrael during the month of adar, which brings to mind and and reminds us that there's nothing in this world that is a coincidence. That everything is is a specific time, a specific place, a specific moment in life, and. The reason why, well, not the reason, but part of the the reasoning why Purim t- takes place in Adar is because Adar is a special month, and why Tishabov took place in Av, and the uh, the Haruge Beitar took place during the month of Av. Many things took place during the month of Av or during the time of Shavasa Batamas. There are certain kufas, certain times that are that are uh, with with good mazel, with bad mazel. Everything in life is based on the rutzen of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and for some reason the rutzen of Hakadosh Baruch Hu is that Adar is a month of simcha, a month of good mazel. So therefore, <clears throat> the Shulchan Aruch tells us we should schedule our our uh, our dealings with with Nachum, business dealings should be done in the month of Adar. So everyone should have a mazel dik a month. Okay, so the first halacha that we reach when it comes to the Hilchos Purim is the is the concept of Parsha Zachar. That there's a mitzvah of, of there's three psukim in the Torah, three different uh, commandments in the Torah. One of them is Timcha Zechar Amalek. The other one is Zachar Esasher Asa. So first, the person has to eradicate uh, Amalek. The second one is Zachar 
remembering what they did. So you have eradicating Timcha and you have Zachar. And then you have Leisishkach, never forget. So when one looks at this mitzvah of Parsha Zachar and uh, eradicating Amalek, Timcha Zechar Amalek, it brings to mind that perhaps this is extreme. We should just forgive and uh, we should wipe out a nation, Amalek, and it can be bothersome for many for many people. So I'm not going to give the entire shot. I don't have access to that. But just a thought on why there's a mitzvah of Mechias Amalek, how we Jews can can take a stand against Amalek, even though it seems like we are going against our nature of being Bali Rachamim. So let's see. You know, we as Jews, we, we struggle to live our lives in a desirable way when the, when the nations of the world come and attack us. And they're attacking us for one reason. It's because we're Jewish. We believe in God. We live idealistic and moral lives. We live faith-driven lives. And Amalek was the first to, ta- to attack us for being Jewish. If you go back in the history, Esau. So Esau attacked us because we stole the Bukhar, or Yaakov you know, stole the Brachis. Mitzrayim, if you read the Pesukim, they were fearful that we're going to be Olam and Aretz, we're going to throw them out, we're getting too many, six kids at a time, it's, they need population control. They were afraid of combat, they were afraid that we were going to, to end up destroying them. But Amalek was the first one to attack us for no reason. Not based on land, not based on borders, nothing. Just because we believed in God and they felt that that is wrong. We were living, we, we live idealistic lives, moral lives, faith-driven lives. And Amalek said, no. No, this is all mikra. There's no such thing as God. There's no such thing as, as Seder in life. So that's why, that's why Amalek is significant that we call him out and we should attack Amalek. <clears throat> Now, when we have a mitzvah, the mitzvah is a chiddush. The chiddush is that we are ba'irachamim. We would say, as Yedin, we should move on. But a Kaddish Baruch tells us, al tishkach, lay tishkach, never forget. We should never forget. And if you look in, in Navi, many of the uh, the kings were busy with Mechias HaMalik, and Shalomalach was punished. He lost his malchus because he kept Agag alive. He failed to accomplish his mission of, of wiping out Amalek. The Mishnah Megillah tells us that that one of the descendants of Agag was Haman, and the Mishnah says that's why we read it before Megillah, before we read Kriyas uh, uh, Megillah on on Purim, we read the uh, uh, Parshas Amalek because Agag came from Amalek, and it was Shal Hamelech uh, was at fault a little bit for keeping Agag alive and not killing him. <clears throat> If you look in Rashi, Rashi Mishalach says that the Gula Asida will never come until Amalek is, uh, is, is wiped out. Kiyalak is come, right? That, Amalek, that the Gula will not come. Not everyone agrees to this, but Rashi learns that the Gula is dependent on Amalek being eradicated. Why? Because Amalek is the opposite of who we are, of what we are. We're, we're, we're uh, Am of Chesed, of Emes, and they are the opposite. They're ruthless, they're evil. So that's the Chiddush of this mitzvah. This mitzvah, the Chiddush is that we would say, okay, let bygones be bygones. We don't have to deal with Amalek. But no, the mitzvah is Timcha Zecha Amalek, Zechari Sashar Asalcha Amalek, and Loi Tishkach. Okay, now typically when we have a mitzvah saseh and a mitzvah loisaseh, so there's two different mitzvahs. However, the, the Chinuch writes, and most of the Rishonim agree to this, that <clears throat> there's really one mitzvah. The mitzvah is Zachar Eisasher Asalachah remembering Amalek. How do I define this mitzvah? The mitzvah is loitishkach. The mitzvah is don't, don't forget. Meaning there's no mitzvah to do this every day. Or let's say Shabbos. Shabbos is Zachar Sema Shabbos Lakatri. It's every single Shabbos. You have a mitzvah to, to remember Shabbos. But but when it comes to Amalek, the mitzvah is not, 
every single day. The mitzvah is uh, the the lois the lois say the the, the, um, uh, the say defines the mitzvah. So loy tishkach never forgetting is the mitzvah of zacharis asher asa of remembering. So how do we get to once a year? So the Chinuch writes that just like by Avelos, we know that after 12 months a person forgets. So once a year we should remember, we should uh, remember, and therefore after 12 months we forget, so we, we read it again. So there are those in the Achronim that had a minog or, or mafapal that perhaps during a leap year when there's 13 months have passed since the last reading of Pasha Zachar, so then maybe you should have in mind during during Pasha's Kiseitse in Shul, when they read these psukim to be Yitzah, uh, to be Yitzah this, uh, to be Additionally, I don't know if the Achronim discussed this, but very often you could have 12 months passing between Pasha Zachar and Pasha Zachar. Let's say Purim falls out on a Shabbos, or Purim falls out on, let's say, a Friday, one year. So Pasha Zachar ends up being on the eighth day of Adar, they read Pasha Zachar. And the next year, let's say Purim falls out, like this year, on a uh, on a Tuesday, so then you're reading Parsha Zachar 12 months and uh, three days after having last read it. Okay, so it could be 12 months is not exact, and therefore many of the um, Paiskim say unnecessary to have in mind during Parsha's Kiseitze or other times of the year. One is, one is just as long as once a year, once every, uh, once every calendar year we read uh, Parsha Zachar, so that would suffice. Okay, so the Chum were in this once a year to read Pasha Zachar. That's that's part of the Arba Parshas that we have Takana and Shul. Now, what is this mitzvah? So, on one end, you could say it's, it's Zachar to remember. So, just like on Shabbos, you remember Zachar Shema Shabbos Akachai. So, too, you read, you take out your Siddur. Many Siddurim have printed the Sheish Sechirois, the six rememberings of the Torah. Some Siddurim add a few more. So, you could just read those Psukim there, the last few Psukim of Pasha Kiseitze, and you should be Yaitz and Samishanim Seyin Hanami. That's all you need to do. Uh, uh, remembering Amalek. Parsha Zachar, that's all you have to do. You have to just read it from a Chumash, read it from a Siddur, and that's all that's necessary. However, other Rishonim learn that no, you need a minion in Shul. You need a minion uh, in order to be Yoyte, this, this concept of, of uh, Zechir Samalik. And the question is why? And the Shulchan Aruch writes that even if you live in the, in the farms, you live in uh, Fargo, North Dakota, still a person would have to come down to a, uh, to a minion in order to. Here, Parsha Zachar Betzibar. Why is this? So quickly before we uh, before we conclude today's share. So if you look in the Ram, the Ram says that this concept of Zachar Eis Asher Asel Amalek is all about Timcha Zechar Amalek. It's remembering Amalek in order to invoke our hatred for them and go out to war. So you're calling out people to war. So the truth is, we only have this mitzvah when we have a king, probably when there's a, they have a Melech Yisrael, but. The but the concept of mechama of battle is incumbent on the tzibar. An individual, you're right, he has a chiv, he has an obligation, but it's not really practical for him to go out to war. And therefore, the Karen Ira and other achronim write that's why we need a minion because a minion already have a tzibar. No one wants to fight a battle on their own, so you need a tzibar. And that's why there's a concept of having a minion on a uh, on the mitzvah on, on this on this uh, minog, this mitzvah, I'm sorry, of Parsha Zachar. So that's the basic discussion. We'll get into other shitas tomorrow. There's a discussion based on the recent Gemara we had in in, uh, in Brachos, where Rabbi Eliezer freed a slave in order for a mitzvah, in order to fulfill a mitzvah rabba. The Rosh brings down that some Rishonim held that this was talking about Parsha Zachar. So we'll discuss this at length in the following, sh- in, the, in the coming shiurim.